sung. Please be seated. So I've, I've, I'm going to read you a story, and it's, I already told you it's not about the angels and the shepherds. It's about another angel. But mostly what I want to invite you to do is to hear this message of Advent. Tomorrow, I know what you guys are doing. Okay, it's Christmas Eve. We know what we're going to do Christmas Eve. But this is a message of Advent, and it's a real gift. It's a real gift to a people who are tired of living in anxiety, but instead want to live with a sense of joy and purpose in our lives. Um, Advent is about learning how to wait. It's about learning how to be a people who live not with the realization of everything we want, peace on earth, goodwill toward all, right? That's what we want. But the last time I looked, that wasn't the case. I don't know if it is in your life, but it's not what I see. This type of living is a real trick. It's not easy to do. Christians are good at it. Advent is the practice. It's the message of what it means to live as a follower of Jesus. So I'm going to read you this story about, um, it'll give you a little bit of a hint at the pace at which you can expect to live as a follower of Jesus with joy and purpose. It's glacial, by the way. It moves really slow. Um, Last night, or two nights ago, was the longest night of the year, right? And, oh man, it's been dark. I mean, it's getting darker and darker. Anybody feel that way? Maybe not just about the solstice, but maybe in your personal life, maybe in our corporate political life, maybe in our global world today. Maybe we hear a lot, and it's just getting darker. And you know what happened last night? It started getting lighter and lighter. And I don't know about you, but I believe come July... It's not going to be so dark, but it's not going to take, I want to start living now with the expectation of July. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest whose name was Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both of them were getting on in years. Once, when he was serving as a priest before God and his section was on duty, Zechariah was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to the entire sanctuary to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer the incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people go outside while the priest goes inside. When Zechariah was inside, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord. And the angel stood at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was terrified with fear, overwhelmed him. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid. The angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, afraid Zechariah, for your prayers have been answered. God has heard your prayers. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. 
You will have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink of strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's about 11 months before Christmas. Chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod was ruler over Galilee, and Caiaphas, priest of the temple, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And as it is written in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, it was the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path. Every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill be made low, the crooked shall be made straight, the rough ways smooth, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe is laying on the root of the tree. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown to the fire. And the crowd said to John, What then shall we do? And John replied, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked John, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Well, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Be fair. Soldiers came to her and said, John, what should we do? And he said, don't extort money from anybody by threats or false accusations and be satisfied with your wages. This is the word of God for the people of God. So what you're supposed to do is to put others before yourself. How do you do that in a world where we got to get ahead? In order to get ahead, you got to step on other people, right? Right on their heads so you can get up. And here's this crazy man in the wilderness saying, no, 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 no. You want to know what it is to, to have the joy of salvation? Take your coat off and give it to somebody who has none. Make sure if you have food that others do too. Just take what you need or what is your responsibility and don't extort or take advantage of anybody else. Wow. That's a radical idea in a world where I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about the environment. I'm worried about politics. I'm worried about all these things. What a radical idea. And what I want to remind you of is, while tomorrow night I'm going to be talking all about the angels and the shepherds and the heavenly host and Gloria in excelsis Deus, the, the Latin we get to sing. But 
Today is the last day of Advent, so I want, I want to invite you to hear a story of the great joy of what it means to live in Advent. I know that you have plans and, and presents and parties to attend to, but would you just take a moment to accept the gift of Advent, to live in Advent one more day? And I know it's hard for you. I know, I know it's hard. But the true gift of Emmanuel is to be able to do things that the rest of the world is not good at. And, and we're, we're different about that. Living in Advent is something that Christians are called to do because Emmanuel has come to us. And we, we've lost our anxiety about the future because we know who holds the future. It belongs to Jesus. Now, it is hard for you to learn how to wait it is hard for you to not know all the answers. It is hard for you not to have it on your calendar and know when it's going to happen. But that's exactly what the invitation of Advent is for you. Get good at that. In fact, learn to have joy in it. The angel told Zechariah, your son, John, is going to bring joy to the people. Because he is going to invite them into a life of repentance where the future is not dependent on you. Where you don't know who's calling you because you have caller ID. Where you can't program your phone to have a ringtone for the different people who are calling you. The phone's going to ring and you're not going to know who it is. Um, I learned how to do that. My daughter's here. She's, I, I got a ringtone for her, right? I like to, we all like to know stuff. And um, one, one of the interesting things, she's, she's going to have a baby in the spring. And uh, I'm sure the doctors ask her, when do you want to have your baby? Because we can do that nowadays. We, we can put it on the calendar, whether it's inducing labor or planned cesarean. Right? We can do that. We like that. Um, didn't used to be that way. And we had to learn to live in the joy and the expectation. Do, how many of you remember having radios on your car that you couldn't program? Right? So, well, there was a day where you didn't have an iPad where you could pick your playlist and say what time, what you're going to listen to each one, what, what song came out. There was this time where, where you'd be riding in your car and, and you'd be thinking about something or maybe you've had your, 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 your honey with you, Right? And your song would come on the radio, and you'd say, oh, wow, wasn't that great? Because we didn't plan it. It just came to us as a gift, and there was joy in it. Because it wasn't up to us when that song came on. And then you had to listen to a lot of songs you didn't like, right? And isn't that Advent? Isn't that really the world you live in? Aren't there a lot of things that you, that you don't like or wish were different? But isn't it great those times when it all just comes together and you didn't do it yourself. Instead, it just came to you. Not by your efforts or your cleverness or your capacity or your ability. It just came to you. The season of Advent, all the purple candles and the decorations and the expectations is one of the greatest gifts that the liturgical year of the Christian tradition gives to the world. It is this idea that we can affirm and acknowledge that we don't know how everything's going to work out, but we believe it's going to be great. We learn how to wait and hope 
and in the meantime serve and do for others, when everything says you shouldn't be doing that, you do it anyway? We learn to be faithful while God is playing out some great master plan. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be joyful. And it's going to be glorious. Um, so tomorrow night I'm going to talk all about that. Peace on earth and goodwill to all. right? But today I want to tell you that this master plan that God is playing out, um, I, I don't know when. I don't know how. But I do believe that the coming of Christ is the promise of God, that God's plan is going to work out in this world, and it is going to be glorious, and it is going to be joyful. And it's, it's, it's not that God's going to take me to heaven someday when I die. That's not when my joy is. I believe that God will bring peace on earth and goodwill. I believe it's going to happen. Um, God's going to give this gift to us, and it's going to come through the through the incarnation of Jesus Christ and, and by faith and by hope and believing and behaving like that is true now, it is true. You see, I ask God to forgive me of my lack of faith and my standing on other people to get ahead and the, and, and the buying into this thing that the world is all going down the tubes. And I said, God, forgive me for that. Help me to live as though Emmanuel, God with us, is indwelling in me. The story of John the Baptist is a story about a life completely lived in Advent. Um, from the very beginning, God tells, God tells um, Zechariah that your son is going to bring joy into this world by inviting people into lives of repentance and meaning and purpose. It's, it's interesting that this angel um, told Zechariah and Elizabeth, he said, well, you're going to have a, a, a child, and you're going to name this child. Now, it's not Jesus. Your child's name is John. And this is going to happen, uh, what I read to you was, was, was 11 months before Christmas, and then John had to grow up and go into the wilderness. It all played out in a timetable that Zechariah and Elizabeth had no idea the way it was going to happen. But what did happen is when John was in his mother's womb, Jesus came close. Mary came to see Elizabeth. And when Jesus came close, John leapt. Said the Holy Spirit in, in, in his mother's womb. John leapt for joy when Jesus was close, when Emmanuel came near to him. And, and John's entire life, as, as, as he grew to know and, and, and love God, became a precursor. He was always very careful. He said, I'm out to preach good news, but I am not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. The one who is coming is mightier than I. His entire life was always about the expectation of the coming of Jesus. And it was great joy anytime Jesus came near. Like when that song comes on the radio. Oh my gosh, Jesus is coming near. Emmanuel, God with us, the advent of God. And the invitation of being Christians, people who can, are good at living in Advent, is to be a people who are good at not, of knowing you're not the answer. You're a mess. You're a brood of vipers. You're insecure. You're sinners. 
but God is good. And your hope is in God. And while you may never have God figured out because you're not God, John didn't even have Jesus figured out. When Jesus showed up to be baptized, John says, whoa, what are you doing here? I don't, I'm not going to baptize. Jesus said, don't worry. You don't have to understand. Just baptize me. And he goes, okay, okay, I'll just do it. So this idea that John didn't have Jesus figured out. Guess what? You don't have Jesus figured out. I don't have Jesus figured out. Uh, all through the fall, I was preaching sermons about the disciples and how they were constantly wrong about Jesus, that we don't have Jesus figured out. We don't have it programmed into our phone when the ringtone's going to come. The point of Advent is to be a people who live by faith with joy when Jesus comes near. Every now and then we get an angel who will come by and say, now, it's going to be good. Don't be afraid. But we're to be a people who live by faith, who take joy in the nearness of God whenever and however it is made evident to us. And thanks be to God, it's made evident in some really cool ways, through some really cool people, sometimes by angels. And while John didn't have Jesus figured out, and the disciples didn't have Jesus figured out, and all the saints throughout the history of the church, they, they're they don't have Jesus figured out, and not even the angels have Jesus figured out. But the one thing they all have in common, besides not having Jesus figured out, is they all loved him. They all loved John, loved Jesus, the disciples loved Jesus, the saints loved Jesus, the angels loved Jesus. I love Jesus. I love it any time that I have a sense that the God of heaven is mindful and aware of me, cares for me, and redeems me that I might be a work of God in this world. And that's really the, the great blessing of John the Baptist. He brought joy to people by, by reminding them, you can enter into the joy of Christ, God with us. You too can love Christ. You can leap for joy anytime that Advent moment happens. And this is the kind of faith that can fill and enrich your life. It's enriched my lives. It's enriched the lives of, I don't know if you've read the, the book of the angels, all those wonderful stories of people who say, my life has been changed. My life has been enriched because God came near. And our song came on the radio. And somebody called me I didn't expect to hear from. And it brought joy to my life and it's changed my life to the point that I'm not going to behave in this world like it's just getting darker and darker and darker and darker. Instead, I'm going to behave as if God is coming. Emmanuel will bring peace on earth, goodwill to all. And I can act that way and I can take my coat off and give it to somebody who doesn't have it. And I can start a loaves and fishes ministry to make sure people have something to eat. And I can go to Haiti and I can build places for people to live. And I can live a life where I don't put people down or take advantage of them because God is coming. And I believe it. I believe it. I, I don't care what, what they say. I believe that Christ is coming to save this world. Um, and this is a life of faith. This is a life of love. This is a life that you can live if by faith you believe. Because I can't prove it to you. I do believe that there were people like wise men, right, who are even now journeying to find Jesus. And this is 
my big sermon for the church. If you are a person who's come to church and you have heard this message and you believe it in your heart and you even behave that way, you do some crazy stuff like go to Haiti and Appalachia and build stuff. I mean, you do some crazy stuff. But did you know that even now there are people who have caught a glimpse of a star and they are traveling and they are on a journey and they are seeking Christ and they need somebody to say, oh, he's right over there in Bethlehem. You may find him in an unexpected place. He may be, you know, in a manger. He, he may, you know, he may look different than what you think he's going to look like. Maybe you can find him over there at First United Methodist Church, you know, in some of the ways those people act, some of the ways those people do things. Because we behave in a way as if we've heard an angel that told us to do something. However you come to faith... Um, it, it doesn't have to be like Zechariah and Elizabeth. It doesn't have to be like Mary and Joseph. But the invitation of Advent is to be a people who, regardless of the solstice, however you feel, if it's getting darker and darker, that you behave as a person who believes, nope, nope, nope. It's getting lighter and lighter. And I'm going to live into the light. Amen. Um, in your bulletins is a, is a, a, you don't have to look at it now, 